talking the point. talking with Kathy Mosasa weekdays 9 a.m. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. We're going to get straight into our thinking point. Last night, the, the Durban University of Technology announcing that it has temporarily suspended all activities due to the eruption of violence, intimidation and arson at the Steve Biko campus. A police later confirming that a group of students set alight four vehicles on the campus. Some of the main reasons for the violence or the protests uh, seem to center around the difficulties when it came to registering for the 2022 academic year. Of course, it takes us back to the ongoing that debate that we have in this country around the destruction of property when people are trying to express their dissatisfaction or when they're actually raising what sometimes are very legitimate concerns, but it ends up with the, the kind of destruction uh, to property that we have seen. Tsulufelo Nakedi is a community advocacy specialist at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation and joins me this morning. Tsulufelo, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners, and thank you for having me in your program this morning. Uh, of course, it's it's absolutely devastating when you have the beginning of an academic year uh, really interrupted by not just the fact that students have had to protest, that there are these issues that they've been trying to raise but seemingly not getting adequate responses to, but the way in which this protest has also taken place. Uh, you know, the set, you know, the attack on property, setting a light of, of, of vehicles on campus, that, of course, is something that should absolutely be condemned. Mm, definitely, it's something that really needs to be condemned. Uh, but we need to look at it um, more deeply to check what the, the issues are and what really um, has almost given us this culture of that you have to, distract, uh, to destroy property for you to be heard. Um, I think as we look at just the culture of protests in, in South Africa, we realize that um, by the time we see an actual protest, there has been a, a buildup of frustrations over time mm-hmm. and, and numerous attempts to be had using other, other platforms. Um, and at the, at the, at the time of, of, of the actual protest, there's a lot of frustration uh, this could be from students, communities, whoever is protesting at the time, are uh, really trying to get uh, the relevant department officials to respond in a way that they find that they will be happy with. Um, and usually these groups that resort to protesting are also, they feel marginalized, right? And for them to amplify their voices, they really would use anything to be heard, to be seen. So it's a form of, 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 of getting some power knowing that if we ban something, then we will be heard. Then there will be somebody will be willing to listen to our grievances and mm-hmm. be able to come down to our levels as well. Uh, I think it's a number of things as well. And there are also what we will call uh, your political entrepreneurs or people with, with political ambitions, right? Uh, and sometimes they see uh, this protest or this as an opportunity to rise to power. Uh, to 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 build their political careers, um, bring them attention to themselves. So, what is the best way to do that? Is to also saying, let's do 
the worst kind of thing. Let's plan something so that uh, I am seeing that I have the interest of my uh, of my colleagues, my communities, uh, fellow students at heart as well. Um, and sometimes also there's also the way the police come in and and handle the situation that always that sometimes uh, actually makes the protest escalate to be violent. Mm-hmm. So there's really a number of things that we really need to look at. And sometimes it's just pure criminalities and people taking advantage of the situation. So I think there's a number of things that really happens at this point that, that really could get people to the point where they, they bend down property. Mm. Is there a connection between the way in which protesters are able to get a message across and how what they do, the means that they use to do that, i.e. the destruction of property, etc. Is there a link between that and the legitimacy or the perceived legitimacy of that action? Um, I, I really think more than anything is the frustration, right? Um, it, it's really... Um, really getting, you know, um, a few years ago as the center we wrote the report, it was called The the Smoke That Calls. Um, so when you've tried a number of attempts and you feel that there's not been a response, and now when you bend down something, I think we, I, we have seen it in a number of collective violence, whether it's xenophobic violence, whether it's uh, uh, communities really also uh, fighting for service delivery, it's when the fire is burning that then you get the attention uh, of people, you know, uh, that um, will come. You know, I think in the past we've seen that then you will see your ministers going into certain communities because now there's this fire. So I feel like it has now been embedded in our culture to say that you have to burn something down, Mm. you know, uh, so that you are heard. Um, um, And it's only then. I think what the lesson for me here is that can we can we respond before we even get because usually a protest is like a, a last resort. So before we even get to that point, as as grievances are coming, as people are raising issues, can 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 you assure whoever that we have this, we are trying to find the best possible solution. Do not wait for the fire so that you respond. But just to assure and respond on time, sure. I think that will actually go a long way. Solo fellow, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment and I will be taking your calls as well. For now, let me take you to Luyanda Maume, who's standing by with the 9.30 News headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point and for our thinking point this morning, we're asking the question, how do, how can we change the culture of violence, particularly the destruction of property that is often associated with various protests that we face and we see in this country, especially for a country uh, where we have no less uh, than about, I think the last time I checked the statistics, it was about no less than four protests that are taking place at any given time on any day in this country. Uh, I think one of the the figures for last year was that we had a total of just over uh, 300 protests in the country, uh, quoting uh, some of the research that came out of a municipal IQ there. 
I can't remember the exact figure, but it, it was well over a 300 protests. So we do have a, a, a culture and a good culture that is open to public freedom of expression, of gatherings, etc. But how do we change this culture, the destructive culture that often accompanies uh, these protests? Solofelo Nageli is a community advocacy specialist at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. And Solofelo, perhaps you can you know, try and, and, and tackle my, my question there. How can we change this culture? And should we even want to be changing this culture, especially if it's seen as the only way that people are able to get responses to their grievances. And um, um, Kathy, I think you pointed out that it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Protests, um, I think it's a sign of, 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 of people being interested in, in how the country is governed on the different things. So it's it's really the way that it uh, shows public participation. But the how it's done, then it becomes a problem. Um, I think at the moment we are seen as the protest capital of the world, um, which is yeah something that we really need to look at. Uh, I think there's a number of things that need to happen. Um, one, I feel like there's, we need to go back uh, to issues of civic education, right? People taking pride. Uh, in being South African, but in also protecting the infrastructure uh, and seeing how it actually benefits them. So people can actually see the cost that it comes with it and what it takes away uh, from other issues that could have been addressed with the money that is now used to replace this, uh, these properties that are destroyed. Uh, I feel like there's a need for us to go back into, into communities and people to really understand that now... Uh, if your university is now closed down and you are unable to go, what, how does that then affect you and your future? You know, like taking that responsibility. So there's really a need for us to go to the very basics uh, of, of some kind of a pride, of saying it's my pride to protect my, uh, my property. Uh, it's my pride to make sure that even when I protest, I know that this clinic will come back and it will serve me. You know, I can't come and destroy the schools that our children are, are also supposed to go back to. So for me, it's issues really around civil uh, uh, education, but also making sure that we involve, we involve everybody uh, around uh, uh, some of these um, challenges. We make sure that uh, faith-based uh, Actors are also part of the solution. Everybody, uh, councillors, that we have a culture of debating issues without necessarily necessarily resorting to violence and opening spaces uh, for, for, for people to be heard. Uh, whether it's a dialogue where people can really voice their frustrations uh, and the re- relevant officials can talk about the plans to address those officials, people just want to be heard. And I think the the more we respond, the quicker we respond, uh, the more we can really try to not get to the point where our property is, is destroyed. Mm. In, in, in some instances, you know, uh, an example is often made that when people are destroying in particular infrastructure that belongs to the government, that is because of a disassociation with that particular infrastructure. So people, if it's a local library or if it's a local school, that people don't necessarily own it 
as theirs, but that they see it as belonging to the state. So any grievance that they may have, they take it out and lash out on that property as a sign of their anger against the state. Now, part of what also happens in protest sometimes is that you'll have private property that comes under threat. And, and this example of the Durban University of Technology is no different, where the cars of some of the members of staff were set alight uh, by these protesting students. How do we begin to make of, uh, make sense of that? And we see it again, you know, w- with ordinary protests, sometimes if there's a road blockage, etc. It will be ordinary members of the public that come under threat, their cars that, that come under threat. Yes, um, I think, um, like I said, the people who usually would, would resort to protesting are people that feel marginalized, Right. So there's something about being marginalized uh, that sometimes when you try to claim or take power back, that sometimes you don't think rationally, right? It's about, I'm bending, I'm so frustrated, and everything else doesn't matter at this point. Somebody must listen to me, um, that you really would go to a point where you destroy property. Um so yeah, for me, I think it's, it's the frustration more than anything, but also the criminal elements. I think we cannot also take that away, uh, that in such protests as well, that just people who are pending an opportunity uh, to, to, to destroy certain things, whether you've been having a personal issue with a person who owns this particular car, and now you are seeing the situation is right for me to just stand down and it will look like it's part of the protest. So there could be so many... Um, issues that some of them have nothing to do with the protests that you see certain properties also destroyed. Mm-hmm. What happens if we don't change this culture? So if we leave things as they are and we we are comfortable with some of what we see? I think we'll definitely be that country that takes one step forward and ten steps backward. Um, we'll forever be developing will never get to a point of being of, of, of proper development. And unfortunately, it's the very marginalized people, the poor communities who will feel it, right? So um, it's, 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 it takes away from, from, from really having this country uh, that we are all proud of. So, yeah. So, Lufelo Nagedi, let me thank you so much for your time this morning. She's the Community Advocacy Specialist at the Centre for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. And I'm going to put that question out to you as as our listeners. How can we change this culture of uh, violence and, and destruction, particularly of property, that often accompanies protests? And I'm not talking here about the legitimacy of the issues that protesters raise. Those issues are often very, very legitimate. What does the destruction of property do to those grievances? And and, and how do we move forward where protests don't necessarily mean the burning down of buildings, the burning down of people's infrastructure, the attacks on property um, that, that we often see. Again, as Tulufelo makes the point, it takes us back and yet we see, we see it almost in every 
sphere of our society. I'll take your calls on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107 and on Twitter it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag there is SFM Talking Point. And this notion that people are left with no choice but to do often what they do. How, how do we change that culture of of, of engagement if in fact it is something that needs to be changed.